Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast. My name is Gabriel, and today is Wednesday, May 12th, 2010. Today we're going to be talking about the remakes of the Gold and Silver games, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Uh, now before we get started with the show, I just want to talk about something real quick. I know I've been promising videos for you on YouTube. I tried recording a video just before doing this, uh, the episode right now. I spent half an hour uh, trying to do a recording of the, uh, the episode, setting up the lights and stuff like that. Turns out, I don't have any AA batteries for my camera. And, uh, the, and the batteries that are in the camera were dead, so I'm, I'm a little annoyed right now because I spent half an hour trying to do that and I, you know, put my dog in another room and stuff like that because he was, you know, barking and running around. And uh, right now he's actually sitting next to me, um, uh, acting a little funny. So if you hear him maybe barking or whatever during the show, I do apologize for that. Um, I was trying to record, I had everything set up um, perfectly to the way I wanted it just at this moment, and uh, I don't have any batteries. I went, looked for some batteries, couldn't find any, started taking stuff out of, like, remotes and, you know, my game controllers and stuff. None of those batteries worked for the camera for some reason. They were either too low or rechargeable batteries that were dead. So right now I'm charging those batteries, so hopefully we'll have a video to you maybe in a day or two. Hopefully later on today... I'll be able to put up a video along with the episode, um, well, the, the podcast episode that we're recording at the moment. Uh, I will put out videos. I'm just trying to get these batteries to charge, and once they're charged, I'll record and put up a video. And, and I do apologize for the noise in the background. I told you my dog was acting kind of funny. Um, I put him in the bathroom over there while he was, because um, he was barking too much during, while I was trying to record the video, and uh, now he's all excited because I let him out of the bathroom. And, uh, yeah. So let's just continue with the episode. First off, let's get into the news. Alright, today we have a lot of news. We got the Nintendo DS, we got Nintendo and Apple going at it, we got a couple of events. So let's just get started. We're going to kick it off today with the Nintendo 3DS. According to some stores, the console will be released in October of 2010, okay? Um, the 3DS does have 3D capabilities, yes, um, but according to another article that, uh, let's see if we can find it, from MyNintendoNews.com, the 3D uh, capabilities is optional with the 3DS. I'm assuming you can turn it off within the settings. Looks like some games can use it, uh, but if you don't want to... Again, just speculation. If you don't want to play something like uh, Mario Kart in 3D, you can just turn it off if you want to. Uh, next article. Well, that's, that was actually two articles. But uh, next is the uh, next is a new event, a Celebi event. I'm pretty sure I tweeted this out uh, a little while ago when I first found out about it. Uh, GameStop is rumored to have a Celebi distribution uh, in May for North America. The event will be the North American version of the Japanese event, which will also take place. Uh, during the release of the 13th movie uh, over in Japan. And this event is for a Celebi. Um, and the Celebi is supposed to uh, activate uh, an encounter with Giovanni in the Tojo Falls. Those of you who have read about you know Giovanni in the Tojo Falls and what this event uh, contains, it, it really excited me because it has to do with uh, another character that's in the game. A lot of it is kind of a spoiler alert. A lot of it was speculation from back in the day. But it seems like um, Game Freak, Nintendo, and the Pokemon Company have put this into the game. 
I guess, spoiler alert, you know, for those of you who don't want to hear it, so, you know, just mute me for a second or whatever, uh, or lower the volume, or just skip ahead for a little bit. From what I understand about the encounter with Giovanni in Tojo Falls is um, you get to find out more about your rival character, Silver, the, the kid with the red hair. Um, and apparently, still, we're still under, you know, spoiler alert just now, um, apparently this kid is uh, Giovanni's son. You know, that, that was like a holy crap to me when I first found out about it a couple of years ago. But then it was only speculation. Seems like it's probably true now. Again, this GameStop event is still rumored. I'll keep an eye on it for you guys and probably tweet it out or put it on the next episode, depending on when it comes out or when the news comes out. Next to the news is another event taking place right now. It started, um, the event started on May 6th, and right now, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it is May 12th. Uh, it is a Wi-Fi event. Um, excuse me, the, uh, the event ends on June 25th. It's a Wi-Fi event uh, for the Heart Gold and Soul Silver Games. Uh, to get the uh, Pokewalker path, um, the Pokewalker route, winner's path. And in this route, you can uh, find Pokemon such as, uh, you can find Pokemon such as Beldum, Munchlax, and Horsey. Again, just like all the other routes, these Pokemon will have moves that they normally can't learn while leveling up, uh, such as Munchlax has the move Self-Destruct, and Horsey with the move Muddy Water. So this event is only for North American and PAL versions of the games, Again, the event was between May 6th and June 25th, so you still have like a month to go ahead and get the event, over a month now, uh, to get the event. So hook up to Wi-Fi and get the event before it ends on June 25th. Uh, the next story to talk about real quick is the next generation, Generation 5 starters. Um, their silhouettes have been revealed, but on Pokemon Sunday, which um, I've been asked by a listener, no, I don't watch Pokemon Sunday, I forgot who asked me. Once we get to the emails, I'll go ahead and let you guys. But um, there's a TV show in Japan called Pokemon Sunday, and last week they revealed uh, the silhouettes of the three starters for the black and white versions of the games. Um, seems like on May 15th, three days from now, uh, the they will be fully revealed to show exactly what they look like. But to me, from the silhouettes, um, if you go to the uh, the article from left to right. The one on the very left, to me, looks kind of like a duck, but I assume that that little bill-looking spike thing coming out of its head, that might be like hair or even fire. So to me, that looks like a fire-type Pokemon. The top middle one looks like a, uh, actually looks like a Pikachu with a Meryl tail, to me. So, but I'm assuming that is the grass type. And the one to the far right, if you look at it, kind of looks like a bear, kind of looks like a beaver. I don't know what to make of that. Um, but I'm assuming that might be the water type. Let's see if my guesses are correct. Um, so yeah. Next in the news is a, uh, is an article from Kotaku.com, and usually I don't get articles from other places, usually I just go straight to Bulbapedia, but, um, this is a really interesting article having to do with Nintendo, not really about Pokemon itself, but Nintendo. For some reason, um, Nintendo sees Apple, you know, the ones who make the iPod, the iPod Touch, and stuff like that. Nintendo sees Apple as a uh, a future enemy. I don't understand why, because Apple um, makes, you know, the touchscreen phones, and sure, there are games on stuff like the iPhone and the iPod, but nowhere near as sophisticated as a game for the Nintendo DS. Go ahead, read the article, tell me what you think about this, because I really don't think 
that Nintendo has anything to worry about Apple. Um, has anything to worry about from Apple. Uh, sure, the, uh, the Wii sales have, you know, gone down 21% since last year. They're still going strong. Nintendo is still the number one uh, video game company out there. So, I, I don't think that, you know, Nintendo has anything to worry about. They've been the number one video game company for the longest time. Even back since the very beginning of console wars, even though they should be over now, you know, between the PS3, the Xbox 360, and the Wii, console wars should be over. But there's still a lot of people who, uh, who are like fanboys and stuff like that. And being a big fan of Nintendo myself, I'm not a fanboy though. Like, I have a PlayStation 3. I play it all the time, at least recently, because I bought Modern Warfare 2 for it. You know, so I've been playing it a lot since I bought that game. The Xbox 360, I own that too. Um, Actually, I didn't buy my 360. I, I won it out of a contest um, from Mountain Dew, which was really awesome. And uh, um, yeah, anyways, so I have the 360. I play Halo on it. That's all I really play on, on for the for the 360 because I don't have Xbox Live, and um, I don't like buying new games, um, especially for a console that I don't use that often. Uh, usually, I buy stuff for the Nintendo DS, making me you know a bigger Nintendo fan than the Sony PlayStation 3 or the Microsoft Xbox 360. As far as Apple goes, yes, I bought the iPod Touch. Um, but I don't use it as a gaming console at all. I use it for listening to music, you know, and watching videos on it and YouTube and stuff like that. Let me know what you think about that. The email address is flashlightstudios at gmail.com. All the links for all the news articles and stuff that I didn't talk about, including this really cool, um, ah, where'd it go? Series, uh, by, um, it's actually a column by a guy named George Hutchian, or Hutchin, uh, on Bulbapedia. It's called On the Origin of Species, and he goes over different species of Pokemon. The one that I'm looking at right now is Manaphy and Fion, and he um, links it to its real-world counterpart, which this, in, for Manaphy and Fion, is like a, uh, it's called a sea slug. Cleone Limacina, or something like that. That's the Latin name for it. But it's supposed to be, you know, a big, uh, a big thing in Japanese culture. Uh, when you compare Manaphy and Fion to its real-world counterparts. He's got others like um, Mawile, which uh, he claims to be his favorite Pokemon, and um, it's actually from Japanese folklore. But he's got a couple of those out. They're really interesting, if you want to read them, uh, to see where um, Pokemon originated, or these specific Pokemon originated. Um, as we can see with some of them, like Mareep, which he doesn't have one on Mareep now, but we can see Mareep is from a sheep. There you go, you know. Um, but again, all the links are at pokedexradio.blogspot.com. You can email me at flashlightstudios at gmail.com if you have any um, news articles to send me, anything that you found interesting about Pokemon or Nintendo, or any other Nintendo or Pokemon-related things. Like, uh, I'm really big with Legend of Zelda. Love all those games. If you have any news about that, you want me to put it on the show, just uh, let me know. Uh, or any comments, questions about the articles, anything, just let me know. Uh, and before we end the news... Uh, I promised a friend that I would give her a shout-out, uh, even though she made this big deal that no, she does not listen to podcasts, and no, she would not especially listen to a Pokemon podcast, so I don't even know why I'm doing this right now. But I did promise her I would give her a shout-out on my show. Um, uh, my friend's name is Melissa. Uh, we were actually talking about the podcast, and she wanted, she goes, you know, you should uh, do something you know, for the podcast, and I refused to. And I, I compromised with her saying, you know what, I'd give you a shout-out on the show. This is for Melissa, you know, whatever. 
now that that's over, again, the news uh, articles you can find on the uh, Blogspot site. That's it for the news. Now let's get on to the main topic of Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Now, the Heart Gold and Soul Silver games are remakes of the original Gold and Silver versions of the game, which came out um, back in North America and Australia, came out in October of 2000. In Japan, came out in November of 99, um, and around the world in uh, Europe, 2001, and Korea in 2002. Just a couple of release dates for the original Gold and Silver games. Finally, they remade Gold and Silver. Some of my favorite games now, the Heart Gold and Soul Silver versions, uh, was released... Uh, uh, recently, March 2010 for most of us, and in Japan back in September of 2009. These games came with a Pokewalker accessory, which we had the episode last time about it, uh, that you're able to put a Pokemon on there and take it with you uh, in somewhat of a, re a real-world fashion. I really don't have much to say about these games. I mean, the game did change a little bit as far as uh, visuals or, uh, over here, aesthetics go. Some people do consider this the best game. Uh, some people don't consider it a very great game at all. Um, I did read somewhere, and I don't remember where. It might be in one of the articles that put up in the show notes today. If, if it's in one of these articles, uh, great. If it's not, I, I apologize that I can't find the source. But they did say that uh, the Johto region isn't the, isn't the best one because it's so cramped. And I do agree with that. Because if you look at some, some place like the, uh, the Hoenn region, it was so open and like expanded that it took you forever to walk between one city and another. And if you look at something like the Hoenn region, uh, excuse me, not the Hoenn region, the Johto region, all the cities are right there. There's not that much of a distance between every city. Even between some of the uh, some of the cities that are really far apart between each other, it's not that much of a distance. And, uh, and, and this person in this article was just complaining about the game, saying not complaining, but uh, just mentioning that the game is too cramped and is too there's too much clutter everywhere for it to, for you to feel like you know you can go anywhere it's too linear uh, according to that article and I, and I wish I could find it it's probably in the show notes uh, but as uh, but as far as changing stuff from the original game it looks the same uh, obviously with updated graphics you know every uh, everything is placed in very similar locations um, at least according to the crystal version of the game uh, which was the um, the third one you know, gold, silver, and then crystal because of the uh, battle tower wasn't in heart, uh, wasn't in gold and silver, but it was in crystal. And in this game, you can play as a character uh, named Ethan, uh, which um, is his real name in the game, but obviously you can give him whatever name you feel like. Um, in the original game, I don't believe he had uh, a name. I always called him Max for some reason. I don't know why. That's just what he was in. That's just how I named him in the old games. Um, but in the uh, Crystal version of the games. I named him Chris. What, where I got Max from, I don't know. Uh, the female character, whose name is actually Chris, from the Crystal versions, but uh, Chris with a K, you know, like Christina. Now they replaced the the original Chris character, the female character, uh, with uh, another female character named Lyra. Why they changed that, I don't know, but they did. Uh, I actually liked Chris before, and Lyra looks kind of funny to me. I liked the original female character, but. Now they replaced it so you can play as somebody different uh, this time around. As we all know, you, your Pokemon can follow you around in the game, you know, compared to the original Gold and Silver, which you can't, uh, which that ability is impossible. We saw that originally with the Yellow version, where Pikachu follows you around. Uh, and there's even, you know, different sound effects like there was in uh, 
the advanced generation of games, and including uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum for the fourth generation, you can hear like ambient sounds. Like when you're walking around, you can hear a Pokemon call out in the distance. You know, Pokemon do its cry. But in these games, you hear more ambient sounds, a lot more ambient sounds than usual, uh, at least compared to previous games. Where I actually heard it first was in um was in front of the Sprout Tower. Walking over that little bridge to get into the Sprout Tower, you hear the bridge creaking. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and other examples are uh, running water. You can hear the wind blowing. Or, and you can hear yourself uh, walking through grass. Um, but even though you could do it in previous games as well, I'm sure you could hear the grass in previous games, um, it seems like um, it's more audible, you know, than before. Uh, a couple of other differences... Um, Obviously, the game looks a lot better than the originals, uh, of course. I mean, every time they remake a game, it looks much better than the original. Um, let's see, uh, the Team Rocket grunts uh, were redesigned. Um, the Rocket executives now have names uh, compared to the original. Uh, the names are Archer, Ariana, Petrel, and Proton. A couple of, diff- uh, a couple of location differences are um, uh, Professor Elm's lab now has an upstairs level. Uh, where uh, his family lives, and uh, compared to him having a house that's actually in the town, the house that was his is now occupied by uh, your counterpart in the game. Uh, like, if you choose, uh, if you choose to be the boy, your counterpart is Lyra. If you choose to be the girl, your counterpart is Ethan, and uh, your—I guess we can call it your rival, because usually the rival is that silver guy. Uh, this time, you have your—you have the counterpart, and they live in that house this time. Um, the Battle Tower that's west of Olivine City, which was, like I said, introduced in Pokemon Crystal, is still there, bringing the exact same Battle Frontier as we saw in Platinum. Uh, there are two new routes in the game, which I actually found that kind of interesting. Uh, route 47 and Route 48 um, is located near Cianwood City, which leads to a, a new Safari Zone, as well as the Embedded Tower. Mount Silver is bigger and Viridian Forest is not cut down, thankfully. That really made me angry in the original the original games, that Viridian Forest was cut down. Uh, even though the path was the exact same, it was, like, brought down a lot, and they, you know, had cut it down for some reason. I, that really made me angry. Um, the Cerulean Cave and Seafoam Islands stayed like they were uh, in Generation 3. A Moltres, which was actually on Victory Road and Mount Ember before, actually, initially Victory Road and then Mount Ember in the remake of uh, Red and Green, is now found in Mount Silver. Why they keep changing it, I don't know. Um, obviously, they can change it from, you know, Victory Road to Mount Silver, but why they put it on Mount Ember, I have no idea. Uh, because Victory Road, as we all know, the, at least, I don't know if we all know this, but in the anime, during um, the Indigo Plateau, very similar to like the Olympics, and they light the fire. Um, in the Indigo Plateau, they lit the fire, and the fire was um, the flame from a Moltres. So that completely, you know, backed up why it was on Victory Road, why the Moltres was on Victory Road. Uh, the Fighting Dojo in Saffron City uh, is very similar to uh, the Battleground in the Sinnoh region, where you can have a rematch uh, between um, some gym leaders. Uh, a couple of gameplay changes, and I, I would consider some of this actually location changes as well, especially with the uh, Kimono Girls, which confused the hell out of me when I first started playing the game. You know, seeing the Kimono Girls just randomly, like... You go walk up to her and talk to her, and she says something, and then she just walks away. Uh, the Kimono Girls from Ecritique City Dance Theater, um, they have now a significant role in the game. You can meet them at certain points in the game uh, along your journey throughout Johto. They will ask you to do a small favor. 
and before meeting the uh, Legendary Bird game, if you're playing Silver, it'll be Lugia. If you're playing Gold, it'll be Ho-Oh. They will each challenge you to a battle, and once they defeat, once you defeat them, they will try to um, to summon, you know, your um, mascot version bird at the bell tower or the World Islands, depending on what game you have. Um, in the original, they were only found in the dance theater, uh, as we all know. That's actually what confused me. I was like, why are these girls not in sitting in the dance theater dancing around and stuff like that? You know, usually they were in the dance theater, and um, this is where I consider the location change thing is. Uh, in the dance theater, there's a guy in there that just gave you the uh, HM3 surf uh, once you defeated all five of the uh, the girls. This time, for Hard Gold and Soul Silver, there's a Team Rocket member inside there uh, who uh, who like holds one of the girls hostage or something like that, which is kind of weird for a Pokemon game, you know, holding somebody hostage. Uh, you fight the guy, you defeat him, and then you'll earn the HM afterwards. Some of the gym, some of the gyms, just like Platinum and all the other games, the gyms uh, have been remade from the very beginning. Some of the legendary Pokemon from other regions can be uh, can be caught in these games. Uh, Kyogre and Groudon appear in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Either one of the games, if you have Heart Gold, you'll get Kyogre. If you have Soul Silver, you get Groudon after you beat Red. Rayquaza can be caught in the games. If you have uh, a Groudon from Soul Silver and a Kyogre from Heart Gold. You show it to Professor Oak, and you can eventually catch Rayquaza. Uh, Latios for um, Soul Silver and Latias for Heart Gold can be found uh, roaming the Kanto region uh, later in the game after speaking to Stephen Stone. And uh, Stephen Stone, if you remember him from uh, the third generation games, I think he was the guy who gave you a, a Beldum. But other than that, there's not really too many key story differences compared to the original game. If you've played the original, it's like, you know, it's like, at least for me, it's like being 10 years old all over again, um, playing through these games. But other than that, I really did enjoy these games. I have not finished them yet. Um, I keep saying, thankfully, summer has started now for me, so I have all summer uh, to play these games. You know, obviously, I'm going to be, like, looking for a job and stuff right now, uh, because I'm, even though I do have the resources to keep paying for college, those are starting to deplete, and I'm, I really need to get some money now. And also, I need money to pay for video games and stuff, you know. I mean, I haven't bought very many games recently because of that. Uh, in the past uh, maybe three years, I've bought maybe four video games, aside from all the Pokemon ones. And usually I buy more than that, especially when I was working. I would buy a couple of, I would buy a video game at least once every other month. Not including Pokemon ones, though. But the summer has started now, so I can dedicate more time to the Pokedex Radio podcast and finally finishing Heart Gold. Um, and then possibly starting Soul Silver later on, but yeah, I'm not really much to say. I I do uh, I wouldn't want to give it a number rating, but if I would have to, I would give it a nine out of ten, simply because of what I had mentioned earlier on in the show that there was a uh, an article that I read that mentioned that it was uh, the Jota region was kind of cramped, and I do agree with that because uh, compared to the Hoenn region, which for some reason people don't like the Hoenn region, which I've been talking about for a while now. The Hoenn region was just so open, and you would take forever to walk between the two towns, which would be annoying at times, but it was a lot more fun compared to taking six steps out of a town and walking right into the next one. Like, uh, for example, I was walking between Ekrutik City and uh, Mahogany Town, thinking I would have to take a while, you know, so I went ahead, I stocked up on potions and stuff like that. Walking between the two towns, it took me just, you know... All I needed was surf, just go over those two quick uh, little land patches, you know, 
or sand dunes, whatever they were. And um, I was in Mahogany Town, and that surprised me. Um, I guess I just didn't remember how easy it was to go between the two different towns. And the game does seem a lot easier than the other ones as well, especially battling like the Rocket Grunts compared to other evil organizations, I guess we can call them, uh, from the previous games. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. So again, I would give the game 9 out of 10. Let me know uh, how you feel about the game, because I know a lot of you do enjoy this game very much. Um, and you have, have, yes, mentioned you know, in emails uh, how much you enjoy the game. So yeah, that's pretty much it for the main topic on Heart Gold and Soul Silver. There's not much to say. There's really not much to say about the games, because the majority of us have already started playing the games. If not, most of you have finished it by now. But yeah, now that we've all played the game, most of us, let me know what you think. Um, I mean, elaborate a little bit, not just, you know, I really like this game, you know. Elaborate a little bit for me. But yeah, that's pretty much it now. Let's get on to the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? The Pokemon of the episode this time is actually a request from a listener named TJ. And TJ requests that we do Rotom as the Pokemon of the episode. So, alright, let's get into it. Rotom is an... Um, an electric ghost type Pokemon introduced in the fourth generation of games, number 479. Uh, Rotom has um, an ability called Levitate. Uh, what Levitate does is damage dealing ground type moves have no effect on this Pokemon, and it cannot be trapped by the arena trap ability, and takes no damage from spikes. Uh, Rotom actually has a couple of different forms, I guess you can call it. Um, there's its normal form, uh, there's also its frost form, which looks like a fridge. Uh, there's a fan form, uh, looks like a fan, a wash form, looks like a washing machine, it's mow form, which looks like a lawnmower, and it's heat form, which I believe is a microwave. And we'll get into how to change its forms in a minute. In Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, uh, you can uh, catch the Rotom in the old chateau, uh, in the TV. You have to do it at night, walk up to the TV, it'll say something is staring at you or whatever, and the battle will commence, and you'll be able to catch it at level 30, I believe. And uh, you cannot cash it in Heart Gold or Soul Silver or in the Pokewalker. You have to trade it from Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum games. Rotom's base stats. Rotom's base stats, they change between the forms. Its uh, generic form, just its regular Rotom form. Uh, its base stats are HP 50, Attack 50, Defense 77, Special Attack 95, Special Defense 77, and Speed 91. Any other form of Rotom besides its original form has a base stat of HP 50, Attack 65, Defense 107, Special Attack 105, Special Defense 107, and Speed 86. Each of its uh, Pokeathlon stats are different as well, depending on which Rotom you have. Um, its base to max normal Rotom Pokeathlon stats are Speed 3 out of 5, Power 2 out of 3, Technique, 3 out of 5. Stamina, 3 out of 4. And Jump, 4 out of 5. Fan Rotom has uh, Speed, 3 out of 5. Power, 3 out of 5. Technique, 3 out of 3. Stamina, 2 out of 3. And Jump, 5 out of 5. Frost Rotom has 3 out of 4 for Speed. Power, 2 out of 3. Technique, 4 out of 5. Stamina, 3 out of 3. And Jump, 3 out of 4. Uh, okay. Heat Rotom is 3 out of 4 for speed, power 4 out of 4, technique 3 out of 4, stamina 3 out of 4, jump 4 out of 4. Mo Rotom is speed 3 out of 3, power 3 of 3, 
Technique 5 of 5, Stamina 3 out of 4, and Jump 2 out of 4. And last, Wash Rotom is Speed 3 of 3, Power 3 of 3, Technique 3 of 4, Stamina 4 of 4, and Jump 2 of 4. Ah, okay. Um, those are all of its Pokeathlon stats. Um, now, in order to obtain the other forms of Rotom besides just his normal form, you have to have the key item for the Platinum game, the Secret Key. Now, the Secret Key was given away a while ago for the Platinum game. Uh, there's really no way of getting it now unless you have a friend who still has the Secret Key in their game uh, as the um, Wonder Card in, the wi in their Wi-Fi settings. If they still have that Wonder Card, they can hand it over to you or uh, distribute it over to over to you um, if you go to uh, receive via uh, via a friend and you can receive uh, the wonder card from them if they decide to you know let you um, download it from their game but other than that there's no way of getting the other forms of Rotom unless you have the secret key but that's it for the Pokemon of the episode today again number 479 Rotom the question of the episode last time was how do you gain steps for the Pokewalker? You know, how do you, I guess, cheat the Pokewalker to gain steps easily without actually having to get up and walk around? First email today is from Johnny, and Johnny says, Hey, it's Johnny. I clip my Pokewalker to my iPod earbuds and just swing it like, like I'm hypnotizing someone. I actually tried this out last night, and it worked out pretty well. I just did it for a few minutes. Um, I actually have my Pokewalker. Uh, if you usually buy, like, a flash drive, especially, like, the SanDisk brand flash drives, They'll usually come with uh, a necklace to clip the flash drive to, with a little uh, has a little yet lanyard thing, and um, you can use that. You can just clip it. You can uh, hook the Poke Walker up to that. And I've been wearing my Poke Walker around my neck, uh, or just like leaving it in my pocket, like that. I wear it around my neck when I'm at home, but not when I'm out. I, if I'm out and about, put it in my pocket. I suggest anybody to try that method out. Uh, yeah, thank you, Johnny, for uh, giving us that suggestion. Uh, I liked it. So, uh, thanks, Johnny. The next email is from Angelo, so I'm not going to read the whole email, but just his answer to the question of the episode. Uh, he says, uh, um, I hold a poker walker in my hand, or attach it to my leg, and shake it to the beat of the trade music of the game. Uh, this is the perfect beat to gain steps any faster, and it does not seem to work. Uh, I average a good 20,000 plus steps per day. So, <laughs> seems like that's another very good method for trying that out. And uh, actually, let me read some of the other, some of the rest of his email, which he comments on something I mentioned before, and I'm pretty sure I got that wrong. I was listening to the previous episode, and I have a note on the Poke Walker. Uh, when you get the ten friend items, after anything that's Watts, none are erased. If you pick up a, you know, you says your Pokemon found Watts, nothing is erased. You can hold up to three normal items or three Pokemon that you have caught. When you get more than three, you can erase an old. Uh, item or Pokemon at your choice. And yes, the Bell Tower used to be the Tin Tower, which is something I uh, I asked in the previous episode because of another listener. But yeah, um, and I did make that mistake. I went back and listened to the episode, and I'm pretty sure I, I mentioned this to you in a in a reply email, Angelus. That um yes, you can carry ten friend items and three normal items that your Pokemon finds or you find using the uh, the item finder or whatever it's called in the the new games, the uh, the dousing machine. And you can hold up to three Pokemon. Anything more than that, you have to uh, erase uh, the normal items. So thank you, Angelus, for uh, clearing that up for us. And, and thank you for suggesting your method of gaining steps on the Pokemon. Next email is from Chan Man. 
He says, hey, Gabriel, love the podcast. I think it's great that you're still passionate about Pokemon after so many years. I myself have been into Pokemon for quite some time. Just one question. What is your friend's story thing that you were talking about around the 14th episode? And to answer your question, I think the best way to gain steps is to pay a younger brother or sister to shake it for you. Uh, thanks, Chan Man. About my friend's blog, I actually asked him about it. As soon as I read your email, I went on right to Facebook and I messaged him about it. Uh, it seems like he's not doing uh, his blog anymore. I used to have the link up in the sidebar of the Pokedex Radio Blogspot site, and uh, I took it down because he decided to stop doing that, and he's writing it for himself now. He's got some things that he's been uh, working on as well. He's going through a bit of a hard time right now uh, in his own personal life, so he's not going to be doing the blog anymore. So, And if you really want the link to the story just to read you know, what he had up on there, you know, just send me an email and I'll send you the link. And about your uh, method of gaining steps, sure, if, I guess you have a younger brother or sister, um, then yeah. But unfortunately, some of us, me, I'm an only child, and so I can't exactly pay a younger brother or sister or even cousin, because I, I don't have any family that lives near me, um, to shake the thing for you. Or for me. But yeah. Uh, so thanks, Chanman, for your uh, suggestion on how to gain steps. Next email is from Robbie, and Robbie says, Dear Gabriel, uh, where do you find a Mew in silver, yellow, and or emerald? Thanks, love your show. Well, unfortunately, Robbie, you cannot find Mew in any of these games. The only way to get a Mew um, was to either go to the events, especially for a game like Blue or Yellow, uh, you would, ha um, or even in the original Silver game, which, which is, I'm assuming, what you mean in the original Silver game, you would have had to go to uh, a Nintendo event that was back in, I think, '99. So, no, uh, you cannot find a Mew. There is a way to glitch the game, but I do suggest not doing it, because you can ruin your game. Uh, as far as the Emerald goes, there was an event a couple years ago, back in 2006, at Toys R Us uh, stores across, you know, U.S., that was giving away Mew. But as far as Generation 4 games go, you can get Mew if you have the Nintendo Wii. You uh, have to buy the Pokemon Ranch game, and you have to store 1,000 Pokemon on the Pokemon Ranch game. And then afterwards, the, um, the girl in the Ranch game, I forgot her name, I haven't played the game in such a long time. Uh, the girl there will give you a Mew in the Pokemon Ranch. Other than that, there is no other way of getting Mew, unless you trade it from a friend, or you go to you know maybe a forum site, ask somebody if they have an extra one to trade it to you. And I know I've mentioned in the past uh, uh, a listener... I, oh my god, I can't think of his name right now, uh, who had a, a thread on, I think, the Poke Beach forums. And if you go back to the previous episodes on uh, on the Poke, on the Blogspot site, his link should be there somewhere. It's in some of the previous, uh, some of the earlier episodes, I believe, anywhere between 7 and 10, the link should be there. Uh, I'm not looking at, you know, the Blogspot site right now, so I can't tell you exactly where it is. But it should be there. Don't know if he's still up for trading, you can email him asking him if he has uh, a spare Mew. Um, and I know he does have a list of Pokemon that he is willing to trade. Go ahead, let him know. You can probably get a Mew from him. And I really apologize, I cannot remember the guy's name. I know his name on the forums was Forum Shark. I can't remember the guy's name. I, I really do apologize, man, I can't remember your name. But uh, thank you, Robbie, for your email. Uh, and I apologize that there's no other way of getting a Mew besides trading or buying the branch game. Uh, the next email is from Origami Jr., and he suggests, uh, he says, uh, I cheat on my Poke Walker by attaching it to the middle bar of a dolphin swinging toy that I got from Chuck E. Cheese a few years ago. Uh, 
Every time the vertical bar attaching the middle bar to the bent bar with the dolphins hits the Pokewalker and goes away, it will count two steps. Since it needs two Pokewalkers to balance it out to work better, I use my sister's Pokewalker with her permission. If I leave it on all night, I will gain about 8,000 watts since it runs on batteries. I think this is hilarious. Um, in the last episode, I believe it was KC, I mentioned, not last episode, but episode before that, KC uh, mentioned the uh, Pokemon Mini, and I was like, oh my god, I own that too. Origami Jr., I own that same Dolph- uh, I own that same Dolphin Swing toy. And yes, I also got it from Chuck E. Cheese. I was looking at it the other day, and yes, I do have two Pokewalkers, so I would try this out. Uh, I don't know exactly how, I'm, I'm trying to visualize how you're doing it. Um, if you could, maybe send a, send me a picture of both of the Pokewalkers on the Dolphin Swing toy, so I can maybe put it up, maybe as a blog post, you know, to help anybody out uh, who might have this Dolphin Swing toy as well. That's really good, 8,000 watts overnight. That's, that's really good. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, thank you, Origami Junior, um, for your um, uh, for your email and suggestion. And uh, no, I don't watch Pokemon Sunday. But which uh, of the starters look best? I don't know. I, I really, I don't like the one. Well, if you go to the article, um, there was you know the three. I don't like the one on the far left. Uh, I'm curious about the one on the far right, but the one in the middle, to me, looks too much like a Pikachu, at least from its silhouette. But uh, again, uh, thank you, Origami Junior, for your email. Next email is from Matt. Matt, we've had uh, emails from him before, and I believe I even linked, uh, put a link to his blog on the show, on the side of the Blogspot site. Uh, his blog is called uh, Team Knockout, um, and I'm assuming that's you know him and his friends. They they have a team called Knockout. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I don't know. Uh, Matt says, uh, "Hello again, Gabriel. When it comes to Pokewalker steps, I use a combo of walking as well as clipping it to my shoe while in class." It's interesting that we came up with the same idea, but yeah, when I tend to move my leg, uh, but yeah, I tend to move my leg, so I took advantage of it too. He goes on to say, uh, this is actually a topic we've been discussing the past two two episodes. Um, anyways, let me go on to read his email. He says, I heard the whole Mew Arceus thing when it first came up, but I forgot to email you. Uh, but this last show reminded me. As it turns out, Mew isn't the first Pokemon in the Mythos. Uh, I read all of its dex entries, and none of them say it's the first Pokemon. Most simply say it contains the DNA of all Pokemon, or it's a mirage. This, to me anyway, makes me think in the mythos, Arceus used Mew like a storage device for all, the gene- for all of the genetic information for Pokemon. This grants Mew the ability to transform into any Pokemon, as well as learn any TM or HM. I also remembered the, the whole old schooler debate a couple of shows back, so I wrote up a blog basically talking about old school versus all school and the mythos behind Pokemon, if you're interested, after the final's over. And yes, I am interested. I will go ahead and read that, because uh, I'm now just reading your email. I will put up a link to that in the show notes, uh, to your uh, new versus old is Pokemon getting worse article. And yeah, I, I do. I did notice that as well, that nothing says that Mew is the first Pokemon. But at least according to the anime, um, um, from the very first movie, there's deleted scenes that I know are up on YouTube somewhere, where they show Giovanni's uh, uh, archaeologist, uh, the scientist, going out and getting fossilized remains from Mew. And I don't know if it's on the DVD, because I don't own the DVD for the Pokemon first movie. I own the uh, VHS of it, because I bought it so many years ago. They showed uh, them getting fossil remains of Mew. I don't remember exactly what they were saying, and I'm pretty sure, I'm actually 99% sure, that they don't talk about Mew as the first Pokemon. Um, 
and I I do agree with you about Mew being like a storage device for everything. As I, I don't know if I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, if I did, I probably edited it out. If you look at Mew, it looks like a fetus. Uh, and if you look at any early fetus of any animal, they all look very similar. And if you look at it kind of on an angle and you squint a little bit, and it, if it's low light and you might have pink eye, it looks like a Mew, right? So, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure because even on the uh, uh, that column that I mentioned before, that's called On the Origin of Species, a lot of Pokemon are based off of real-life counterparts of something. I'm assuming Mew is like a fetus. Because, uh, and I just took anatomy, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in the last episode, and I don't remember all the technical jargon for it, but, uh, before you start to develop into a baby, or before a baby starts to develop, uh, the cells are all, um, all have the potential of becoming anything. You know, there's just a bundle of cells, you know, that's the whole reason for the whole stem cell research thing, because these cells have the ability to become anything. So they could possibly grow into a leg. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it would need to have all the tissue and bone, you know, bones uh, and all that stuff. It could grow into a completely new organ, like a heart or a kidney or even a liver, whatever, you know. So for this ability to do anything, I believe Mew is based off of that because not only its ability to transform into anything, just these cells do, um, as well as learn any TM or HM, which kind of goes along with being able to transform into anything. I don't know, that's just my two cents on the topic. I'm, I, I, I swear I mentioned it before, but um, that's just my two cents. And I will put up a link to uh, this article on your blog, Matt. Uh, thank you for your email, and thank you for your suggestion uh, of also a combo of walking and doing the, uh, the leg thing. Next email is from Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer says, um, My name is Jennifer, and I heard the most recent podcast from you. The podcast is great. Uh, the main point of this email is because on the Pokewalk is because of the Pokewalker. I don't have the Yellow Forest to only capture Pikachu's, uh, and I keep saving up watts for it. But I really want to know how do I get the Yellow Forest to get Pikachu because I really want a Pikachu. Thanks for helping me out. Well, Jennifer, unfortunately, similar to the Rotom event that I mentioned before during the Pokemon of the episode segment, um, right now you cannot get the Yellow Forest anymore. The event ended back back on May fifth. Um, and you, looks like you, you emailed me on May 6th, so, unfortunately, you were a day late when it came to that. I'm sure you could trade for a Pikachu off the GTS if you really want a Pikachu, but if you really want a, like, a surfing Pikachu or something like that, I'd be glad to help you out. Uh, I can try to, I can try to go ahead and get a certain, another surfing Pikachu. It'll take me a little while, but if you want to send me your friend information, friend code information, I'll send you back mine, and once I get a, a spare surfing Pikachu... I could always, you know, send you one. Um, the flying Pikachu is going to take a little bit more if you're really desperate to get one of those. So am I, because I don't have one. Um, uh, but right now I'm using the winner's path on my Pokewalker, so I'm not in the Yellow Forest anymore. Uh, unless anybody else, you know, uh, has an extra flying or surfing Pikachu or just regular Pikachu, because I have plenty of regular Pikachus uh, up for trade. Um, if you really just want a Pikachu Jennifer... Send me your information. I'll send you. A, I'll send you mine, and then we can just trade for a Pikachu. But as far as getting the Yellow Forest, unfortunately, uh, you can't get it off of Wi-Fi anymore. If you have a friend that got it and they still have the Wonder Card for it, they can always um, send you the Wonder Card. Obviously, local wireless, not over Wi-Fi. If you don't have a friend that can give you that, you know, 
I can always help out, or unless anybody else listening uh, would like to help out Jennifer uh, with uh, a Pikachu, flying Pikachu, surfing Pikachu, I don't know exactly what she wants. All she says is, I really want a Pikachu. So um, I do apologize, Jennifer. You know, it kind of sucks missing an event. I did miss a couple of events back in the day as well. Uh, a lot of uh, Darkrai events, Deoxys events, really big ones. So uh, I, I do, you know, empathize with you there. But if you need any help, just let me know, Jennifer, and I could always get you a Pikachu. But that is it for the emails today. Question of the episode next time. Didn't think of one. I never think of one. I, I, I always have to do this off the top of my head. Yeah, okay, we'll start off with the uh, what I mentioned before in the, in the show notes. As far as Nintendo and Apple go, do you think Nintendo should worry about Apple as being a, a quote-unquote enemy or a rival in the future uh, as far as video games go? I don't believe they should see Apple as an enemy because, um, yes, with the Nintendo DS, they tried doing, you know, extra little things, uh, uh, communications, um, voice communications, obviously, if you have, you know, somebody's friend code, and if the game enables voice communication, sure. But as far as, obviously, Nintendo, I don't see Nintendo coming out with a phone anytime soon, obviously. Sure, you can play music off your DS if you have the, um, the DSi, excuse me. Um, if you have, you know, a card in it, you can play the music. If you have a, an SD card, you can listen to your music from there. You can surf the internet with it. It's not very great, though. And obviously, you know, the DS games and any of the downloadable content games. The Apple iPod, surf the internet. Uh, it's got email applications, which the, the DS does not have. A lot of the applications that it has, you can get on the internet as well. Facebook, Twitter your emails, MySpace, whatever you like to use. You can't watch video on the DS, but you can watch video on the iPod, on any iPod. Um, you can store pictures on the DS, you can store pictures on the iPod. Um, you can store much, much more music on an iPod Touch than uh, any DS. What do you think? Do you think, Apple sh- do you think Nintendo should see Apple as an enemy or as a potential threat in the future? That's the question of the episode for next time. I know it may be a little bit more thinking into the future than normal, just, you know, Pokemon questions. But this is just something that's been on my mind for... Since I saw the article, because I was kind of angry seeing why would Nintendo, you know, feel it has an enemy. Sure, I'd say maybe in the Xbox, maybe in the PlayStation. Because of, yeah, that PSP Go thing, which I see as a huge flop. You know, same with the PSP. That, to me, was a huge flop as well. I own a PSP. It's not that great. You know... Um, not being a fanboy saying the Nintendo DS is better, no, because sure it is, but there could be some games on the PSP that you can't play on the DS. Alright, so, again the question, do you think Nintendo should see Apple as an enemy or a potential threat in the future, or even near future? The email address is flashlightstudios at gmail.com, uh, any of the links to any of the articles that I mentioned in today's episode is pokedexradio.blogspot.com. You can follow me or the Pokedex Radio on Twitter at twitter.com slash fsgabriel for me, twitter.com slash pokedexradio for the Pokedex Radio. The YouTube channel, uh, the links are in the sidebar. I don't remember the exact channel name, but the links are all in the sidebar at pokedexradio.blogspot.com. Uh, I'll try to have a video up. In the near future, I was really angry that I wasn't able to put up a video today because I have no batteries, but I am charging the rechargeable batteries that I have. Hopefully the video quality is okay, and I guess for once you guys can finally see where I do my work from, and it's just my, my room here. Um, 
But yeah, um, if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions for the show, always email me, flashlightshoes at gmail.com. Even if I don't reply to you, I do read your emails. I do take into account anything that you guys have mentioned to me. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, actually, I feel like I'm forgetting something to mention. I hope I'm not. If anything, I'll mention it in the next episode. Um, oh, there you go. I remember. Um, I don't know exactly what's going to be going on this summer. I would really love to dedicate more time to the Pokedex Radio podcast because there are some things that I am trying to do with um, this podcast and only you know select people know about that right now. I might be going to visit some family over the summer, and if I do, I know I'll be sent over there for the entire summer, and I don't want that. Even though where my family live, uh, where my family lives, I've I was actually offered a job as like a cashier or something like that, which is uh, it was just a simple job, just you know for the summer. Um, I'm thinking of taking up that opportunity, but if I do that, I don't know how that would affect the show, and I don't want it to affect the show if I do take the opportunity. I'll do my best to continue with the show if I do take that opportunity to go to um, New York, actually, and uh, visit my family for the summer. If not, I'll just you know stay here where I am now and just look for a job, maybe at a grocery store or whatever, um, for the summer and for indefinite times. Because uh, it is really hard to find a job right now. It, it kind of sucks. But anyways, hopefully it won't affect the podcast. Hopefully it won't affect any videos that I might do. Because I will try to do one later on today. That's it, I guess. Uh, that's just what I want to mention to you. Just so those of you who are subscribed, who do like to hear the show, don't get angry at me if I take an extra week or two before putting out an episode. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I do thank you guys for listening. Subscribe if you haven't, on iTunes especially. You can even subscribe via email. If you go to pokedexradio.blogspot.com, you scroll down on the right-hand side on the sidebar, um, there is a place where you can put your email address, and you'd have to confirm that that is your email address, because they do send you an email, uh, to confirm that you do want to subscribe via email. And from there, you could even um, uh, reply to the episode, and it'll come straight to my email. Uh, without having to type up an email yourself. You can reply straight from there. Um, but I would suggest uh, subscribing via iTunes if you have an iPod, obviously, or if you just like using iTunes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Again, my name is Gabriel, letting you know to live, laugh, and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>